Welcome to the SDA Housing Podcast, brought to you by NDIS Property Australia. Before starting this episode, we need to provide a general disclaimer. Information contained in this podcast is general in nature only. It does not take into account the objectives, financial situation or needs of any particular person. You need to consider your financial situation and needs before making any decisions based on the information in this podcast. And you should consider seeking independent and professional advice for your personal circumstances. All right, let's begin. Hello, everybody. My name is Min, and I'm your host from Endos Property Australia, and you're listening to the SDA Housing Podcast, a show that explains, highlights, guides, and brings awareness about all things SDA in this ever-changing NDIS world. Today, we have a special guest speaker. His name is Frank from Lipsic from South Australia, Adelaide. Frank, hello. Good day. Good afternoon from Adelaide. We have a beautiful day here. Not too much <laughs> rain, although the industry at the moment is hot, Ming, and uh, thanks for having us on the show. Wonderful. Frank, who are you and what is your company all about? So Leipzig Australia started around six years ago. We saw a, a market or a need in the market for a small to medium land division and development, more diversification of development. So we, we look at how to bring maximize the utility of the site, but also bring together what the market needs in each specific area that we develop in. We are quite well known for land divisions in the northern part of Adelaide. And recently, we've been uh, doing some small developments on the inner city, which we're happy to discuss with you today. That particular property is in Woodville, an up-and-coming part of town, which is uh, very close to amenities, rail, uh, the CBD, and as well as health services. Wonderful. So what made you think about or get into the SDA sector within the NDIS, may I ask? Well, probably going back to diversification, feeling like we want to be inclusive on the development uh, for everyone. And there has been a big NDIS drive in Australia. We, we're obviously taking that on board and making a small portion of our sites NDIS friendly. Bringing it in and learning a bit about it is something that we're excited about. And um, the results have been good so far. It's been hasn't been easy to understand the, how the whole concept works, but dealing with good operators such as yourself gives us the peace of mind and the assurance to to give it a go and continue doing it. But inclusion is probably one of the big points. You know, um, We're aware that the market needs to be inclusive for all. And you know, if you're doing a development, 10 or 15 or 20% of it should be allocated for everyone's needs, I suppose. Mm. So when you started out, you and your team, what were the challenges you had as a small developer getting into this new space? Understanding it. There's a lot of bad advice out there and working with good people and understanding uh, the process is the main thing. Um, as you know, we had an approval on a site. We went through uh, a redesign. We had to get another approval and we're doing our third redesign at the moment on this particular site in Woodville. I suppose if we had known this at the start and we'd worked with an organization at the start of the DA phase and the conceptual side of the phase there, we would probably had the, uh, we probably would have short circuited the DA approval. That's the learning curve. Um, so I suppose understanding the whole process from the start has been um, something that we're accustomed to now. Took a little bit of time to get used to, uh, understanding the different types of housing available and, and, and the market for those houses. And you've given us enough support in that, in that particular field to be comfortable with the product that we've uh, managed to get approved. Gotcha. Have you uh, done enough DD or due diligence uh, on your end looking at other market competitors, developers trying to get into the SDA space in Adelaide and 
And ha- do you feel like it's been o- it's oversaturated or still still immature? Where, where is the market at in Adelaide for you? Well, we we at the moment I'd say that we wouldn't exhaust doing DD on other developers because the market is of such that if your product is quality, you're dealing with the right people. You have a new house. I think there is enough demand in general for an inclu- a cl- an inclusive product to be acceptable to anyone. Now, if that particular product we construct is available um, and meets the standards of SDA housing, then that's that's even better. But let's face it, anyone can live in it, and that's why it's a good product. So I don't think saturation is uh, is a point that we would look at right now as a problem. I think if you look at potentially looking into the future, if um, everyone was to put 5 or 10% of their, their properties in the market space with SDA housing, they probably could. But I think we're a long way off that. And you know, the general consensus of people we talk to is that there is, there is definitely a market for it and new quality product is probably the one. Yes, I totally agree. So speaking about your products, tell me more about this Alma Terrace Woodville uh, location, uh, the, the project and firstly, and then the location second, please. Yeah, so the location, Woodville, Woodville is around about seven kilometers from the CBD, down a main arterial road we called Port Road, which was one of the first roads established when Adelaide was settled. It, it's an old port, the Port of Adelaide. The road goes from Port Adelaide to the center of the city. We're about halfway down there. Geographically, I suppose it's a, it's a very important spot. It's right next to our Queen Elizabeth Hospital which provides uh, healthcare for everyone within that sort of 5 to 6K range. It's also seven kilometres from the CBD brand new Royal Adelaide Hospital, which um, I still believe is the most advanced hospital in the world at this point. It was the most expensive project in the world when it was getting constructed. It got completed two years ago and it's close by. So Adelaide has a smaller population, but it's definitely investing in the right parts of health. This site is uh, around about 1,300 square metres in size. It's got car parking external. It's got 12 apartments. The 12 apartments are over three floors, the bottom floor, the middle floor, and the top floor, all having a very similar design. Some have larger balconies than the other. It's got a medium spec, so not really an entry-level spec. What we mean by that is the footprint is not overly large. It's uh, it's accommodating for us to include good quality fixtures and fittings, which we, we always do. And we, we feel that the, the price point in the marketplace is about right for uh, entry-level apartment as well as SDA housing. So obviously the SDA housing comes at a slight premium because there is some extra work we have to deliver in order to make it compliant, but it's not over the top. We feel that the price point is definitely in the market uh, marketplace to sell. Frank, as I told you face-to-face a few months ago when I met you in Adelaide, the price being $542,000 absolutely is one of the best prices in Australia mm-hmm. for a fully accessible apartment for NDIS. But before we go on on that topic, I want to go back a little bit you mentioned the Queensland Elizabeth Hospital being one of the best in the world. Being a um, being participants in these apartments, they would very much appeal to the topic of an up, an up market, a brand new hospital. Why is this the as you say, as you claim, that one of the best hospitals in the world? Why? Well, so the Royal Adelaide Hospital being brand being newly constructed, it's in the centre of our city. It's going to be accompanied by uh, a craniofacial hospital and a brand new women's and children's hospital. So. The South Australian government has made leaps and bounds into specialising into health. We have a street called North Terrace that runs uh, on that separates the northern part of Adelaide and our city, so it sits on the northern side along the river. 
that particular street is specializing in universities, healthcare, and hospitals. And we have a building there called Shamri, which is one of the leading researchers for cancer in Australia and the world. So I think we're positioning ourselves as a state to be specifically health-related. We need to be. We need a point uh, of advantage for people to invest. And as you know, South Australia's market generally is quite stable. So while some of the other states may fluctuate in price 10 or 15% per annum, ours may sit between 5 and 10%, but it's generally religiously sitting at a, at a stable growth rate. So, you know, going back to the hospitals, I think that the South Australian government's made a decision to invest huge amounts of money into health. And that may have been one of the reasons why we're able to attract the AUKUS deal. As you know, the Australian, the UK and the Americans have entered into a significant defence project. And that project is going to be some $400 billion over the next 25, 30 years. And South Australia is going to have a direct benefit of that. The employees of those companies that are obviously working in those areas need diverse facilities and they need to be inclusive. So we feel that this project is positioning between us and Port Adelaide, which is one of the main drivers of the, the AUKUS project, Defence, as well as health being in the centre of the city and the Queen Elizabeth Hospital being close by. There is enough there to indicate that the, the property and the project is well positioned to meet the requirements of SDA housing, uh, population growth, employment growth, and really just a good investment all around. Great, great information. Now, on the map I looked at uh, in the past, the Westfield Shopping Centre was nearby, wasn't it? Yeah, so Westfield Shopping Centre, If you, we've got three Westfields in Adelaide, one at West Lakes, one at Marion, and one at Tea Tree Plaza. Generally, all three are extremely uh, accommodating when it comes to all the brands and outlets. The one at West Lakes is closest to the Woodville property, plenty of parking, access for public transport, inclusive services as well. So when you go to Westfields, Westfield is a very well-known brand and they, they're they no slouch. So you'll find that you know utilizing those shopping centers for just everyday needs meets the requirements of participants as well as everyone that wants to go and enjoy a movie or go to a restaurant or just shop. Yes. Uh, um, I, I apologize. I didn't mention to our listeners here that of the 12 units, only four of them are fully accessible. Yeah, that's correct. We made a decision to, not because of demand, but more so it was a decision to keep our properties like a percentage of SDA, a percentage of affordable and a percentage, I suppose, of premium. So this property is no exception. We have four apartments that are are done at a at a at a medium spec. The the four top ones are done at a, a high spec, and then we have the SDIs, um, the SDA housing at the bottom, which is done at SDA spec. So that's a decision we made internally, and we feel that that's probably where the percentage is right on the on the project, and it gives the SDA participant the um, ground level access, which we feel meets the requirement, and uh, and also gives them the maximum ability for access and egress. Yes. So back to the Westfield West Lakes location. Mm-hmm. If if a participant were to roll out the door and roll towards the public transport or to West Lakes, what's the time duration to go by bus or go directly if they were in a wheelchair? Yeah, so we have we have a train station very close by. Getting on the train is 45, 50 meters away from the, the, the building. So you're you're within close proximity. Bus stop is within about 150 meters. You'd be able to, uh, and the taxi rank obviously would be on Port Road. Um, you've got the best part of seven minutes, and you're in you're in a in shopping centre, and that's with the bus stopping. If you want to go down to the beach, it's not much further. It's probably around ten minutes. 
and um, you know, going to the center of the city, you're you know, nonstop on a on a on a bus or train. You're probably there within probably five or six minutes. So it is a very good central spot. Like it's not quite CBD, not quite beach. It really is in between both. It it really is a a great project. I mean, look, there's only one small negative, and it's very small. It's not it's not even worth me mentioning it, but I'll mention it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that there's no OOA on-site carer on yep. the project, but that's but that's fine because not everyone in the disability community requires an on-site carer. Because let's be honest, a lot of people who are fully accessible in the wheelchair, or sorry, let me rephrase it, who are is it quadriplegic? Mm-hmm. They have their own car. They go to work by themselves. They come home. They cook by themselves. They don't need anyone by their side to do everything for them. So they're they're quite capable to, capable to live on their own without having a carer. I mean, they might have a carer three to five hours, you know, here and there, mm. but they don't need anyone twenty four seven as a high needs person. So as part of inclusivity and being part of a community, being in the twelve units and only four being um, fully yeah. accessible, and uh, being cl- so close to the shopping center, the trains, the bus stops, it is a very ideal property for a participant to live in. I mean, yeah, I think so. And the yeah. price point's right, Min, and, and you've got to look at, we, we made the decision to keep those four at an entry-level SCA mm-hmm. housing. And mm-hmm. next time when we understand the process a bit better, we may, we may go to that next level. I, I agree, you know, not having the availability of the uh, on-site carer does limit our uh, capacity to sell slightly. But I also feel that with the limited amount of numbers on the site, we've managed to you know, navigate that in the long term. I think we'll be okay. Exactly. And, you know, and people who are disabled and in wheelchairs, they want, to, they want to be part of a community. They want to be part of the neighbours and yeah. the rest of everyone else. So they don't need to feel like they are segregated off from the community in any way. And that could occur often mm-hmm. in certain complexes where it's 100% participants who are all in yeah. disability. But no, if, being a developer yourself though, Frank, is there any negativity, negative aspects of your design or of your location and of your quality at all? Do you think, or is it, is it a perfect product or is it? Oh, I think uh, nothing's ever perfect. I mean, we do, you know, dif- depending which suburb you're developing is depending whether the, the services that come past your site are underground. Woodville is an area that's a little bit older. So a lot of the power is above ground. Traditionally around Australia, above ground power is acceptable. You go to Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide, they're there. But in newer subdivisions, you find powers underground. On the balcony, on the fourth floor, when you or the third floor, sorry, when you look out, you have power lines just above eye level and someone's, you know, ambience, I suppose. But that would probably be the largest. That would probably be the the biggest negative impact. And you know, power infrastructure is one that we can't influence too much. We will put underground power to the building, of course, but the power that runs opposite us, that isn't our jurisdiction, we can't touch. Long term, it probably would be put underground, but it's there. Um, it's quite a small negative impact, but it's nonetheless, um, it is a negative impact, I'd say, the proximity to power line. Mm. Gotcha. Exactly. Now, I think mm. a positive on your site is the fact that it's on ground level. Ground level means there's op- there's a bit of space in the yard. Can you tell us more about the yard space and the sizes and everything inside and outside, please? Well, they're all, they're small little courtyards, I suppose. There's not a huge amount of uh, space on the balconies on the on the middle and top floor, but on the ground, they've got a small courtyard, easy maintenance. If they wanted to have a small pet or something like that, I'm sure that that would be okay. You know, I suppose that's a matter for strata management to look at, but it does give the ability for for the participant to, you know, have a barbecue or have people around and, you know, all of that will be accommodated and it'll all be, like I said, very easy maintenance. Um, they won't have to, you know, do too much to maintain their their little space that they'll have. Gotcha. 
how much of square how much of the square meterage is the small courtyard? I don't have the measurement on me at this point in time. I don't have the plan on me. But it's you know, like I said, it's enough to have a small gathering and a few people around. There'll be a common area for, for bins. Yeah. You know, that you know, that will get picked up uh, once a week and the the recycle once a fortnight. So all those things will be planned and managed to meet the the requirements, I suppose, of a of a strata corporation. The, I believe the fees and all that have been generated by our our real estate agent. So those are available if anyone wants to, you know, find out what they are. So prior to prior to doing a project like this, we put all that together. So insurance, what the strata fees will be, the sinking fund, all of that has been thought about. So the participant can rest assured that they're going to know where they are financially every month and every quarter when those contributions are um, required to be paid. They're not over the top, but they are essential. So we want to know that our investors that are buying a property or the SDA participant knows where they are financially. Do you know what the body corporate rate is per unit, fully accessible ones? Yeah. So the body corporate rate, again, I, I don't like quoting figures on the spot because they are they're carefully considered. And I have all those available. So if any participant wanted to get them, I can I can get them for them, um, for you for those for those participants. But yeah, they are carefully considered, and I don't like just guessing them. But I know that a lot of work goes into them. So the the fees, the cancer rates, the sinking fund contributions, they they are all available. So maybe something that you can, if someone wants, we can send that out to them. But I'll I'll make sure you get that information for your your potentials. Yeah, sure, sure. Sure. So where are we at with DA, construction start, construction finish, estimated settlement? Yes, yeah, so at the moment we're sitting yeah, at the moment we're sitting with a, an an approval in um for the site. We are just waiting for certification on um some of the some of the changes we've made, which will be done by engineer and then our building certifier. And at that point it goes to funding and then at funding we look at construction from there, nine to twelve months. So we're, we're probably within uh, a 15 month window to 18 months to delivery and occupancy if everything goes smooth. The timing of the project is, uh, is interesting now with the first homeowners grant getting extended along with the, with the stamp duty abolishment is a huge plus for anyone that's either secured one of these or going to. So they will be uh, tens of thousands ahead by, by entering the market. Hang on. You're talking about first South Australian stamp duty has been abolished on a newly a new residence that's being built specific for a first home buyer to enter the market. So if there is a first home buyer out there and he's a participant, if they do buy this place, the stamp duty subject to the timing of it or meeting the, stamp, the South Australian government's requirements will be abolished. Gotcha, gotcha. So when do you think build start will happen? The build is generally after the, the funding requirements being met. So at the moment, I believe that we're, we're past that point. So it's just a matter of an application going in. So if we could start um, around August, that would be fantastic. Gotcha, two months away. Then August plus 15 months or plus 18? August, usually around a year, uh, from a year from commencement. So we're, think, we're talking August plus 12 months is August 24, titles and... Spring 24. Spring 24, someone could hopefully come uh, move in and enjoy their new September, place. September, October 24 is when settlement will be. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Frank, any final words of advice by you as a new newbie developer going into NDIS to anyone who may be listening as they develop themselves as to, you know, advice that you would give to anyone else who's looking to do their own? Yeah, I think starting small and working out where you fit in the in the supply chain. Some of us want to supply 
you know, turnkey solutions for one or two participants. Others want to delegate, uh, so designate, you know, 50% of their development to this particular product. I think re- any good mis- risk mitigation strategy would indicate that you need to be uh, probably a bit diverse and look at those percentage ratios carefully and just consider that sometimes your lending requirement may restrict you from taking any more than a couple of these on. So just be diligent in looking into, you know, the lending requirements for projects as well as looking at the market conditions and spreading that risk as you would in any case. You know, more than one or two buyers per project looking at one one particular thing is uh, can be risky. However, you build the relationship up with someone on your third and fourth project and sometimes you can be comfortable with that risk. I understand. Frank, so if anyone wants to look at your website, look at your brand and what you guys represent and what you do or have done, where would they go to look at your website to see who you are? So uh, two two ways you could do that. You could go to www.lepsig.com.au and you'll, you'll see our website or you could contact our agents on site, which are Lepsig Real Estate, and they'll send you the information you require for you know, for any inquiry that you have, including those strata fees we mentioned, what the participant rates are going to be per quarter, per month, as well as any other previous projects we've done. Not all the work we do is published on our website because there are some projects that we do in private and they're not something that we put on the website. So we've got plenty more examples of things that we have done. So the best part is if anyone wants to contact yourself and then, you know, we can send the information to you and you can forward them on or you can go to the website. Yeah. Frank, any any upcoming pipeline developments in the next year or two years that you think there are there are there are a few coming up. We've got something coming up in Kadena, which is Copper Coast, and that's going to be there's I think we've got nine nine allotments there out of the hundred and ten allotments right next to a brand new medical clinic. They're they're going to be available. Frank, is this the one that you told me about that is probably three years away, where you're building a massive well not massive but a, a bit of a community which is very much medical medical focus for yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So this site is in uh, the Copper Coast, the place called Kadena, and um, we have nine allotments there that we've designed with NDIS housing on there. Wow. Three bedrooms. We can't wait to get into that with you for sure next uh, next year or so. But uh, mate, thank, thank mm-hmm. you so much for your time. Really appreciate giving our listeners a bit of an exposure as to the, the the inner mindset of what a developer goes through in terms of their, their experiences and their learned challenges and, and whatnot. And we really appreciate your time, mate. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And we look forward to working with you guys in the future. Thank you for the time. Guys, bye. Bye bye. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure you are subscribed and following us so you can keep in the loop with all of our upcoming episodes. We would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five star rating, a written review, and just share this podcast with those that could benefit. Until next time, catch you on the next episode.